0: Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast, conversations for transformation. Hello everyone, Rick Thomas here. Thank you so much for joining me for Life Over Coffee. Did you know this, that a happy home does not just happen? Like all good things, you must have a game plan and then you must be willing to execute that game plan with hard work. Now, the good news is that Christians do have a schematic for happiness, for joy, or what I am calling here a happy home. The two key words that will really get you started in the right direction are confession and forgiveness. Now, what I am going to share with you is not in the realm of rocket science. As a matter of fact, you're going to say, there is nothing, Rick, that you have shared with me that I did not already know. I hope not. I mean, I hope that I don't share anything that you do not know. It's really not that difficult. If God made things difficult for two people to get along, well, then we would be in a problem. We would have all sorts of problems, but thankfully, He did not. If you take these two ingredients and put them in your home, confession and forgiveness, then you can have a remarkable family life. The crucial concern centers on whether we will do the hard work of confessing our transgressions and forgiving each other. The couple that understands this path to reconciliation and practices practices this path to reconciliation will not stop until they become the beneficiaries of a happy home. And so that's what I want to talk about for a few minutes here. If you want to read what I have for you, I've titled it The Non-Negotiable First Step to Build a Happy Home, and we are not in the realm of rocket science. But I hope that it's not just a reminder, I hope that it will be the impetus for some people to really spur them on to love and good deeds. Because I know that we can get stuck. We live in a mundane world doing mundane things almost all of our lives. Our children look forward to getting out of school so they can go and work. And then once they get out of school and go and work, they realize they're doing the same thing over and over again. Every now and then, we just need somebody or something to come along to shake us up, to remind us of the most important things. And so I hope that what I am sharing with you will help you, some of you, to reboot, to recalculate, to restart, to get going, because we have forgotten these essential elements of confession and forgiveness and reconciliation. Again, if you want to read what I'm sharing with you, just go to lifeovercoffee.com. Look for the non-negotiable first step to build a happy home. If you are searching for it, then all you have to do is just type happy home in the upper right-hand corner of our website. There is a search feature there, and if you just type Happy Home, this little article will drop down for you. You'll be able to click on it. Now, you'll have a podcast, and you'll also have a video so that you can read, watch, and listen. Now, at the end, I want to share some questions with you that will help you to really wrestle through this. And I would appeal for any husband and wife, friend or friend, friend to friend, family member, church members, two or more to come together and to talk about this because I think it will really stimulate some wonderful conversations between all of you that will discuss this and practically apply. For example, I just heard from my friend Leroy in Delaware. He said he's going through our book Change Me, the Ultimate Life Change Handbook. There have been several groups that have gone through it, and at the end of each chapter, there are call-to-action questions so that you can really digest and dialogue with what you have just read in that chapter. This book here, Change Me, was written for the sole purpose to help people to work through the change process from A to Z. A lady wrote me many years ago and said that if you were going to disciple somebody through the change process, what resources would you give them on your website? And so I just collected those resources from our website, put them in chapters, made them into a book, and it has been extremely popular. And if you haven't read Change Me, The Ultimate Life Change Handbook, I would encourage you to do so. I just got a text yesterday from a friend in uh, Bozeman, Montana. They're going to take our digital download book, Boasting in Weakness, and a group of ladies are going to go through it. They're going to print it off because it's a digital download. And you're to do that by the way you can print off our articles you can print off our digital downloads and then you can put them in three ring binders or however you want to do that and then you can sit around and go through chapter by chapter, and I have questions at the end of each chapter, as always, and you can answer those questions, and I'm pretty sure that we're going to hear a good report from these ladies in Bozeman, Montana, as they go through boasting in weakness. I have more than 20 of these free Digital books. They're absolutely free uh, that you're welcome to in our store. So you pick one, print it off if you want, or just use it on your device and walk through the content with a friend. And I would just encourage you that you would have conversations for transformation, that you do a little life over coffee. All right, so let me get into the non negotiable first step to build a happy home. Now, I'll give you three steps here in secret. Confession, forgiveness, reconciliation, they are the elements that lead you down the path to happiness. Now, I'm using the word happiness intentionally, because we read in Deuteronomy 33, verse number 29, it's one of my favorite verses in Scripture, where uh, the text says, happy art thou, O Israel, as you read it in the King James. Uh, He's not asking, are you happy? He is saying, you are happy. Happy art thou, O Israel, saved by the Lord. And if we are saved by the Lord, we should be happy people. Now, I know that we are acquainted with grief and sorrow, and there are those moments where we are lamenting to God, but we don't stay in a lamenting state all the time. We can't live in 24-7 Jeremiah mode all the time. There are also other things in Scripture like joy, joy joyfulness and happiness as well. And so we experience the full spectrum of human Emotion and happiness is one of those. I was eating at a restaurant, Lucia and I, with a couple uh, just last week, and there was a, another Christian couple that was a table over, and they were so loud that we had to go outside so that the, uh, us four so that we could have a conversation. And then after they left, they walked by our table. They noticed that we had moved from the inside to the outside, <laughs> and they they apologized, which was unnecessary. I don't care. You can be as loud as you want to. In fact, I told that lady, I said, Christians should be the loudest people in the restaurant because our greatest problem in life has been solved at the cross of Christ. And if your greatest problem in life has been solved by the gospel, well, then you should be the loudest person in the restaurant. Nobody should out happy you. Nobody should outjoy a Christian. And so in Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-nine 29, it says, Happy art thou? I'm not asking. I am telling you that you are happy. I love that text. And if you want a happy home, then you must know how to clean up your messes and practice it daily. I mean, that is common sense that if you want a happy home, if you want a joy-filled life, well, you can't do that in an artificial kind of way. There is a genuine and sustained way to have happiness, and that is born out of a repentant heart. And so if you want to have happiness, you have to have a clean slate, but we live in a fallen world and we do messy things. Therefore, the common sense, biblically logical, thing that we have to do is keep cleaning up our messes. And as we clean up our messes, messes, our consciences are clean, our soul noise is down, our shalom is up, and we will experience happiness. But we have to practice cleaning up our messes daily. I have said this a few times that during the first five years of our marriage, I never asked my wife to forgive me of any sins that I committed against her. Think about that. Think about living with a person that never confessed sins to you. Well, if that person is not Jesus, well, then we have a problem. And I'm going to guess that you don't live with Jesus. And so what I said is absolutely staggering. And so let me state the obvious. My view of God, my view of humanity, my view of the doctrine of sin was dysfunctional. My gospel understanding, my gospel practices suffered from a failure to thrive. A failure to thrive is a euphemistic way of talking about a child that is 20 years old but in a bassinet. They have the disease that we label failure to thrive. It is like you need to grow, but you can't grow because you have this disease in your body. Well, a Christian that doesn't confess their sins, that is an oxymoron. That's going to create failure to thrive, the non-confessional Christian. Now, I'm not going to rationalize or provide a weak attempt to minimize the contradiction of my life back then. But I have observed through counseling many Christians, that after I ask them about their forgiveness practices in the home, nearly all of them have said, <clears throat> excuse me, that they do not regularly do it. They are not regularly confessing, meaning that they are not regularly agreeing with God according to God's word that they have sinned. They're not regularly agreeing with other people <clears throat> in their home that they have sinned against, meaning they are not confessing. They do not have a confessional home. They do not pursue each other in humility, which their lack of reciprocal ownership of sin, mutual confession, and selfless forgiveness affirms. The oddity of this unchristian behavior is, <clears throat> is stunning when viewed through the lens of our imitatable gospel. The Lord's gospel loudly proclaims a not guilty verdict on all regenerated people. Sadly, I could not perceive and apply the benefits of His grace during the early part of our marriage. Perhaps you can do a quick temperature check of your home and your closest relationships. How often do you ask your family members to forgive you for the things that you have done wrong? Would you characterize your home as a place where confession and forgiveness regularly happen? Are all the members of your home committed to practicing confession and forgiveness? Are you more aware of what you do wrong or are you more aware of what your family members do wrong? The answer to that question can really reveal a lot about what we think about ourselves and how we think about others. Your answers to my questions will also direct you to what you should do next. Do you have a confessional home? If you don't have a confessional home, I would encourage you to ask God to motivate you to have one, and then that is the first step and the link to having a happy home. And then the second step is, well, it's on the heels of confession, and that is forgiveness. Did you know that the most radical, life-changing, relationship-building question that you will ever ask another person is, will you forgive me? That is how our revolutionary, life-changing relationship-building experience with God began. We ask Him, will you forgive me? It's one of the most important questions that you will ask anyone starting with God. And the process is no different for his image-bearers. After we ask him, a Christian who does not regularly ask for forgiveness is like the son of a millionaire unaware of his daddy's fortune. Or even worse, he knows his daddy's wealth but refuses to benefit from the riches of his dad. Forgiveness is a free and unlimited mercy from the Lord. But it requires humility to access it, whether we are asking for forgiveness or we are granting forgiveness. Will you forgive me is not a complex question, but it is not one of the common questions asked within the Christian community, at least in my experience, especially in our homes and our local churches. The person not regularly asking for forgiveness is either self-deceived, a pretender, or in denial of the doctrine of sin. A forgiven person, authentically living in the grace of that forgiveness, is ready and willing and able to ask forgiveness and grant it attitudinally or transactionally. As you think about your life and your home in the context of of these things that I am sharing, I hope these thoughts will give you the encouragement that you need to begin building a confessional home that takes sin seriously, the gospel practically, your relationships deeper in God's fame as your primary motivation. Now, with these things in mind, I've titled this again, The Non Negotiable First Step to Build a Happy Home. I want to give you. Seven practical steps, sequential, a linkage here that I trust will help you. Uh, If you don't have a confessional home, this will get you going. If you do have a confessional home, this will affirm what you are doing and encourage everybody in your home. And so step number one to a non-negotiable happy home, well, be honest, be honest, you know when you sin. I know when I sin. Don't fall for the traps of justification, rationalization, alleviation, blaming. Just name it and claim it. As a Christian, we are eliminated by the Spirit of God. We are guided by God's Word. We should not be living in some kind of an illusion or self-deception. We should be able to read the room of our hearts and understand when we are when we have done wrong and that we will just be honest about ourselves and that we will communicate clearly to God and to others when we have done wrong. Step number 1 be honest. Number 2, walk in the spirit. Step into the reality of what you did when you sense God's illumination running all over you. Don't run from it. Pray for a heightened sensitivity to the Spirit of God and obey Him in all things. Practice a life of honesty and integrity. When God speaks, listen and act. Seven uh, simple steps. Number one, be honest. Number two, walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit means that you, God, I'm going to take this step and I want to be sensitive to what you're doing in my life. All right, I've taken that step. Now, God, I'm going to take another step, and I want to be sensitive to what you're doing in my life. I've taken another step. And then you take a third step. You say, God, I want to be sensitive to what you're doing in my life. Now you've taken a third step. And then when you look back, you will see a life of a person who has been keeping in step with the Spirit. And so when God illuminates, you want to to listen and act. You don't want to fall for those traps that I mentioned earlier of justification, rationalization, alleviation, blaming sin on others. Name it and claim it. Be honest. Walk in the spirit. Number three, practice forgiveness. Don't say I'm sorry. Don't apologize. Apologeto to give a defense for your position. Don't say I'm sorry. Don't apologize when talking about a transgression. If you're not talking about a transgression and you just did a boneheaded thing, but you weren't sinning against anyone, you could say, hey, I'm sorry about that. But when there is a transgression afoot and it it belongs to you, never say, I'm sorry. Never apologize. Push the biblical envelope by pursuing radical, radical reconciliation. Ask for forgiveness and don't settle for anything less. One of the most radical questions that you'll ever ask anyone, will you forgive me? Step number three, practice forgiveness. Number four, begin with God. Don't ask others to forgive you while not asking God to forgive you. All sin is a sin against God. He is in the sphere of the offense. Sometimes we sin against others and they are within the sphere of offense. And so the sphere of offense and the sphere of confession and the sphere of forgiveness should be about the same. And so whoever you sin against, you ask, you confess that to them. You ask for their forgiveness, but you always start with God. You always ask him, Lord, will you forgive me? And then you Fan out to other people that are within the sphere of offense and clean up all of your messes vertically and horizontally. Point number four, begin with God. Point number five, be specific. Will you forgive me for, and then this specific thing. You want them to know. You want to let them know that you know how you have sinned. You want to convince them that you have sinned. Do not let them off the hook. Convince them to forgive you as you bring a compelling argument against yourself. Be convincing. Be persuasive. Be unrelenting in your pursuit of forgiveness. You don't want them going away where they may have mouthed Christian speak and said, I forgive you. But they are unsure that you know what you did. They are unsure that you are convicted by this. And so they just go through the steps of grant of asking and granting forgiveness. But they walk away and then they harbor some curiosity in their heart. Not sure if this was really real or we just went through through some kind of Christian beat here beats. And then what will happen is that that uncertainty can grow and and other sins can glom on it well you want to release them from that point number five be specific number six surrender Give up your rights by submitting yourself to the authority of God in His Word. Choose brokenness until you find release from your sins and restoration to those you have offended. Perhaps reading Psalm 51, one of my favorite psalms when it comes to taking sin seriously, also starting with the vertical relationship with God against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that wash me thoroughly from your sin. Do not release me from your sin. Take sin seriously. Psalm 51 really communicates that. Do not settle for anything less. Number seven, remember, there is power in forgiveness. After the Father executed His Son on the cross for your sin and mine, He made it possible for any person to experience release from the guilt and the punishment that all sin deserves. As a Christian, you and I have the grace-empowered privilege to live daily in a guilt-free environment, If we choose to be honest with ourselves, honest with God, and honest with others. After Lucia and I began to see the gospel with more practical clarity, we started to live in the restored sanctification sweet spot that radically changed our home. We replaced the guilt, the burden, the shame, the unresolved conflict, and the proverbial pink elephants that are flying around the room. Lucia said they were pink. Those elephants that were flying around the room, we replace them with love and joy and peace and hope and the mercy that Christ offers through his gospel. Do not be like the rich kid who is clueless about or resistant to what his daddy possesses. Step up to your inheritance by asking your family to forgive you whenever you sin against them. Be radical. Step into the enjoyment of your, the enjoyment of your Christian experience with others. I have titled this The Non-Negotiable First Step to Build a Happy Home. That first step is forgiveness, but I've taken forgiveness and I've really expanded on it. I, I predated forgiveness with confession and I post-dated forgiveness with Uh, reconciliation. And so confession and forgiveness and reconciliation, there is a, a sequence there that you want to live out with your family. And then I've given you seven other thoughts that ties to those steps. Be honest. Number two, walk in the spirit. Number three, practice forgiveness. Number four, begin with God. Number five, be specific. Number six, surrender. Take this seriously. Number seven, remember, remember the power that is in the gospel. If you want to read this, the non-negotiable first step to build a happy home, you can do that at lifeovercoffee.com. I want to wrap up, but first I want to ask a couple of questions. Number one, Describe your family's sin plan. Now, I will say this at a conference, and inevitably, somebody would come and ask, what do you mean a, a sin plan? Well, do you have a, a, a will? Do you have insurance? Do you have a budget? Do you have, you have different plans for your life? Do you have a sin plan? Do you have a plan that can deal with sin is what I'm talking about. Too many families don't have a sin plan. Therefore, when sin inevitably happens, they don't have a plan to deal with in. Some of the elements that should be part of your sin plan are conviction. We should experience sin when we do it. Confession. We should agree with God when we do it. Pre-forgiveness is for the offended to prepare themselves to grant forgiveness to the offender. Then there is forgiveness where we actually transact with With each other, then there is post-forgiveness. After it's all said and done, it is killed, dead. It has been neutralized by the power of the gospel, and then we can reconcile with, with each other, and then we can move on to restoration. Those are some, but not all. Those are some of the elements of a sin plan, and we have to understand it. We want to prepare for it. What are a few other features that you would incorporate in your sin plan? Number two, do you have a confessional home? Point blank, black and white, direct question. Do you have a confessional home where at least the husband and wife, the children might not have bought into this for various reasons. Maybe they are not regenerated. Maybe they are not mature enough. Maybe they struggle with fear of man. Maybe they're still wrestling with vulnerability issues. I don't know, but at least the husband and wife should be, they should already have and play a confessional home. Maybe a better question is, what does that mean? And so think through the rhythm of confession in your home. There should be a steady and comfortable beat of confession, something that you're so used to doing that it's not odd, but it is actually welcome. When Lucia and I started confessing our sin to each other, it it was like we had a mouth full of marbles. Our, our, our mouths just didn't form this way and the words didn't sound right and it seemed so mechanical and as I look back on it I'm not so sure that it was all real, but I do know that we had a sincere heart to press into it. It didn't feel real but we did have a sincere heart to press into it until we could become comfortable confessing our sins. Now is virtually a non- issue, do you have a confessional home? So think through the rhythm of confession in your home. There should be a steady and comfortable beat of confession because it's something that you not only do all the time, it is not odd, but it is something that is welcome. Number three, why is asking forgiveness better than saying I'm sorry? I'm not saying that saying I'm sorry is wrong if there is no transgression involved. But when when there is a transgression involved, there is there are now a, an offender and an offended. Whether you wanted to be part of it or not, here we are. You are a part of it, therefore we can't back out. We both have to step into the responsibility according to what those two unique responsibilities require. Would you be able to talk to someone why forgiveness is better than saying I'm sorry, when there is a transgression in play? Number four. Do you have a happy home? Is there relational warmth wafting from room to room? Are you playful, a husband and wife? Are you playful with each other? That giddiness should still be there. It's like the, that loud couple, that loud group in the restaurant. That's why I wasn't bothered by it. I mean, we couldn't talk Uh, because they were so blooming loud. But I was also thankful Christians should give themselves over to the rocking and rolling of their belly, because the the greatest problem in our lives has been resolved by the gospel. But not just being loud in a restaurant. There should be a relational warmth wafting from room to room. Now, if that is not happening, what is one thing that you could do to cooperate with the Lord to build a happy home? We all have to start somewhere. And if you would ask us many years ago, do you have a happy home? The question would have been no. And so this is not a negative if unless you have no hope. Unless you have no gospel, and then you have no path forward, then that is a dark and and, uh, negative question. But for for the Christian, it's not a negative question. You might not have a happy home now where the warmth is not wafting from room to room, but we have the hope of it because there is hope and there is help in the gospel. And this is what we do, by the way. We provide hope and help for you and others. And so I want you to take this resource here the non-negotiable first step to build a happy home, which is forgiveness. But again, I have expanded it, and I've talked about several elements around forgiveness, and I've also given you some ideas that will help you directionally to move into a confessional home where forgiveness is asked for and granted, and then reconciliation happens. And then the upshot of all of that is that you can have that relational warmth Wafting from room to room. The non negotiable first step to build a happy home is forgiveness. If we can help you in any way, we have tons of resources. We are a 501c3, a nonprofit organization here in the States. And we're meaning we're underwritten by uh, people who have the ability to uh, support us financially. And so our resources are free. And so I have a lot more resources on confession and and forgiveness and reconciliation and, and restoration. And I would love for you to take advantage of those. I have a bunch of stuff on repentance, a lot of things on the home, the husband, the wife, parenting, addiction. I mean, you name it. I've written about it, and you just search for it. Go to our coffee shop, lifeovercoffee.com. The resources are free. You can read, you can watch, you can listen. And we want you to share them with with 1,000 of your closest friends. And then, if you want something collected, more, more long form than an article, let's say, jump over to our store and download those digital books, and you're welcome to them as well and tell your friends all about it. Thank you so much, and God bless. Thanks for joining us. Learn more and get access to other resources at lifeovercoffee.com.